Okay, today Bezat Hashem will be learning Daftes in Masech Sukkah. And we'll start at the top of Daftes. The Mishnah talks about a Sukkah Yeshana. So yesterday we talked about the Sukkahs Garbach and Sukkahs Rakbash. So it's actually fascinating. You carry it through to its logical conclusion and you realize, wait a minute, let me ask you this. Can a woman build a Sukkah? So Sukkahs Garbach and Sukkahs Rakbash. We don't seem to care. This brisa that's unequivocal, that we don't care who builds the sukkah. Once you have the structure, you have the structure. Where I grew up, uh, one of the iterations of my life was a young secular Israeli boy singing Shlomit Bona Sukkah. It's not for now. The point is, that was really for Zalman Doi. I know he loves that stuff. Uh, yeah, so she builds a sukkah. Okay, maybe that's, maybe that's okay, but consider this irony. We have other mitzvos where if you're not a bar chiyuva, you can't be motzi somebody else, the mitzvah certainly, right? Here you have non-bar chiyuvas, the ganbachs, are what? They're building these huts for us. And so there's going to be a lot of lumdus. If you could sniff out lumdus and, and raid, you, you have to believe there's going to be a lot here because some aspect of the sukkah has to be the shame sukkah, or at least the shame tzel, right? We said it has to be at least some deliberate right, building of the sukkah, at, even at that stage. So we're going to be leaning very heavily on a Meiri that I've not yet seen inside this time around. Um, but it's going to answer a lot of our questions. And the Meiri basically is going to point out that the mitzvah sukkah is different than uh, some of the other mitzvahs, uh, I say, in the sense that, unlike a lulav, let's say, where, where taking the lulav is the mitzvah, right, building the sukkah, even if it has to be done so, l'shem tzel, right, it's not exactly like doing the mitzvah b'kavana, right, because it's really a hechsher mitzvah in a sense, right, it's, the, the mitzvah is to be inside a sukkah, right, it's to yeshiva b'sukkah, and how the sukkah is built, um, well, the sukkah as a, uh, as a uh, piece of paraphernalia, right, for uh, armentarium, right? The lulav for the mitzvah of lulav is very direct. That's, you do the mitzvah with it. The sukkah for the mitzvah of yeshiva sukkah is a little bit looser how it is a hefteshel mitzvah, right? And so that's really reflected in yesterday's daf and today's daf. You can have a sukkah's ganvach uh, and, and it's still kosher as long as you do the yeshiva besukkah and it's built letzel. And now we're going to see the other side of the coin, which is that you can't just go into any old hut with no kavana, and at least certainly not according to everybody, and assume that it's going to work. So the sukkah has to be built for sukkahs in some way, right? But it also can be done in the ganvach way as well. So that's just a, an interesting interplay that we're going to start with today. So as follows. Oh, so Barry asks, how does that compare to tzitzis? Should we tell him now or should we read ahead? Okay, because, because the Gemara is going to ask that very question. Isn't that amazing? Let's look at this. It says the Mishnah, Sukkah Yeshana. Okay, so this is what I mean. Sukkah Yeshana is you find a hut, right? Rashi uh, is going to give it away, um, which is, he's going to say the 30 days thing over here. That you did it more than 30 days before the Chag, but we're going to see that inside. So what's the din with that? So Beit Shammai Poslin, Beit Silam Machshirin. So this is what I'm saying. We hold like Beit Hillel. You can find the hut, you can have Ganvach and, and right, and Rakbash. That's according to Beis Hillel. But Beis Shammai is seeing something else in this sukkah. It's saying that this old hut, it, you can't just take a hut that old the 30 days and use it. Postlin. This, this is not, right, this is not a sukkah. 
right, that you're going to be able to use on sukkahs, Rashi, Beit Shammai, Poslin, because you need a sukkah lishma, says Beit Shammai. Wow. This one was not done lishma, it was done stam. You need a sukkah lishma, says Beit Shammai. This is fascinating, Lamdus. What would be the machlokas Beit Shammai? So the Gemara is going to address the machlokas. First, the Gemara is going to describe, first, the mission is going to describe, and there it is, that's where the Rashi gets it. Um, and Rashi is explaining that this 30 days, right, if a sukkah was built more than 30 days before a sukkah, then it's going to be called a sukkah yeshana. And Rashi is going to point out that this is where Yeshol and Vidorshim Lifnei Achag, as we already learned, right, in Shabbos and in Psachim, that that's 30 days is where it's considered already uh, you're in the Indian. So let's say we're learning whatever, Maseches Gitin, and, and Andrew's giving a shear in Gitin, but it's 30 days before Sukkot. In the middle of Shear, I ask him a Shaila about Sukkot. It's considered relevant because it's in Yana de Yama. 30 days before, right, the Chag, everything is assumed to be relevant. That's when, you know, leavened bread is going to start being called, considered Chametz. That's when uh, huts start being considered Sukkot and everything starts becoming gearing towards it. Okay. Now, so what's good? So, Kol Sha'asa L'Chag Shloshim Yom. So now, Aval Im so it's interesting, right? Obviously, according to Beis Shammai, this sukkah, you have to have some semblance of kavana of what? L'shem chag. You have to do L'shem sukkah. It's not just L'shem tzel, like we said by the ganvach. But according to Beis Shammai, you have to even have it L'shem chag. But if you have it L'shem chag, then even outside of 30 days. So we can go ahead even now and start building our sukkah L'shem chag. It'll be kosher. Or even we could do it, right? In uh, whatever, in winter for Sukkot. Fine. If we have the right Kavana. If we lack the Kavana, then the Kavana is implied only within 30 days. That's the Mishnah. So now the Gemara says like this. My time at the Shammai. Uh, where does the Shammai get this idea that a Sukkot has to be Lishma? So Amar Kra, Chag HaSukkot Shivas Yomim LaHashem. Pasuk sounds like Lishma. You, you do Sukkot and you do it LaHashem. Right? So you do it LaShem Shemaim. Says the uh, Gemara, Sukkot HaSukkot LaShem Chag Ba'inan. Right, you need it l'shem chag. What does that mean? Rashi has an interesting formulation. Okay, What's l'hashem for the mitzvahs of Hashem? And therefore, the sukkah has to be done l'shem mitzvah sukkah. Fascinating. What's Hillel doing? What's Beis Hillel doing? They're going to use this pasuk of chag sukkah for what Rosh Hashem says in the name of Rabbi Kiva, the Amr of Rosh Hashem is from Rabbi Kiva. Minayin le'atze sukkah shasurin kol shiva. Fascinating question. How do you know that what that the uh, that the atze sukkah? It's going to be a shaila here. Are we talking about the schach? Are we talking about the walls? The what the wood of the sukkah is going to be muktzeh, muktzeh for all seven days of sukkahs. Talmud Lomar. How do you know that? Chag hasukkahs shivas. Yamim Lahashem. Amazing. That all, right, is, you could read a lot into this passage. You could either say, Chag HaSukos, Shivas Yamim, it has to be L'Shem Mitzvah, like Beit Shammai does, or like Beit Hillel, that Chag HaSukos, the, the Sukkah itself is Lahashem, which is to say, it's Muksa from you. Right? You're not allowed to, um, to touch it, to move it, to reappropriate it during these Sukkahs. This is like a Muksa Machmas Mitzvah. Tosva says, wait a minute. What's going on? Atze sukkah shasurin kol shiva. 
we have already Gemaras that say that the sukkah is already Muktzah, Machmetz Mitzvah. <laughs> it's already Sukkah Machmetz Mitzvah just by virtue of the fact there is a type of Muktzah, many type of Muktzah. There's a type of Muktzah called Muktzah Machmetz Mitzvah. That when something is used for a mitzvah, you're not allowed to use it on Shabbos and Yantav anyway. So what is this Pasuk adding? So Tosfa says very Pashat. Muktzah Machmetz Mitzvah is obviously Durbanan. Muktzah is a Gezeira Durbanan. This is the pasuk that tells you that this is going to be a gazera del raisa, okay? According to Beis Hillel, to touch these materials. Wow, uh, right? That's the first Tosas Minayin, the first two lines. Mashma desir mi raisa vidrasha gemurahi. There's more to this, obviously, lamdus, but let's keep going. Says the Gemara, Vitanya. We're going to have a similar teaching that's going to that's going to break it down uh, similarly. Just like we know, this is going to be in line with Beis Hillel's interpretation of the Pasuk, that just like when we have a carbon Chagiga that we bring on Yantiv, it has a Kedusha to it, Chal Shem Shemaim, Chal Shem Shemaim al So to Chal Shem Shemaim al how do we know? Because listen to the words, Chag Hasukos Shivas Yomim Lashem. There he goes. Rabbi Yudim is focusing on the word Chag in the Pasuk. Right? You could read a lot into this Pasuk. So the word Chag sounds a lot like, we're used to it. Chag Sameach. But really, Chag, as Rav always pointed out, is referring to the Korban Chagiga. That's what it's supposed to mean. Not every Yantiv has a Korban uh, Chagiga. So, um, well, the Regalim have Korban Chagiga, but for like on Rosh Hashanah, I don't think you're going to say Chag Sameach. Okay? Anyway, that, the point is, the point is, so Chag Hasuga, so Chag Hasukos Shivas Yamim Lahashem, right? The pasuk, same pasuk, Chag Asukah Shivas Yom Hashem, is saying what says says Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira, Ma Chag Lahashem Af Sukah Lahashem. So similar pshat to Beis Hillel, that just like the Korban Chagiga is kadosh, right, and you can't just you know misappropriate it. You have to right use it as kachim, as we were discussing at great length in Maseches, right, and in, in, in really Maseches Pesachim. Um, so, so too, the sukkah too cannot be used. In other words, there is a de'oraisa iser to start patching and misappropriating and using the wood of the sukkah on sukkahs, and that's what we learn. But the Chag HaSukkah Shiva Shem Hashem does not, in fact, uh, come to teach you, according to Beis Hillel, that you have to make the sukkah l'shem shamayim, l'shem mitzvah. Okay. So this says the Gemara, Beit Shamayim nami ba'ilil hachi. So, wait a minute. Beit Shammai doesn't they also hold of the Isra to Arisa of using the wood of the sukkah? Don't they need the pasuk for that too? So Sukkah says Einachinam. It's true. Beit Shammai does need that. We're pivoting now. We're going to use a different pasuk. That wasn't the reason. What was the pasuk? As follows: Ksiv Kra Achrina. The Beit Shammai, right? Right. Elamaitamayed Beit Shammai Ksiv Kra Achrina. We have another pasuk. Chag Hasukos Tasa Lachashivas Yomim. Sounds very similar, but you'll notice it's different. One pasuk isn't safe for Yikra, the other one isn't safe for Devarim. And it says like this, it doesn't say Chag HaSukas Shivas Yomim Lashem, Chag Shivas Yomim. Well, now we're really getting warm, right? You should make for yourself the Chag HaSukas. Certainly this is not talking about Muktzah, right? Because Muktzah is talking about something that's already there, you shouldn't be able to touch it or, or use it. Here, we're talking about you should make for yourself Sukkot. So what does it mean you should make for yourself Sukkot? Says the Gemara, Sukkah ha'asuya l'shem chag This teaches us, according to Beit Shammai, 
that when you make the sukkah, it should be the shame chag. Chag, a sukkah is Very nice. Okay, what's Beis Hillel going to do with that? The Gemara says, Beis Hillel, ahumi le'oisin sukkah moed. That Beis Hillel is going to say that no. Uh, as Rashi points out, you're going to have to, according to Beis Hillel, read the, a little bit more into the Pasuk. But when it says, Chag yamim, it basically means that you can make the sukkah at any point in the seven days. Chag yamim. How many days of sukkahs do you have to make a sukkah where it's going to matter and you can still use it the shame? It's for any one of the seven days. Even Cholomoyed, you can make a sukkah. So you can see these sukkahs, obviously, you can start darshaning them and they're ambiguous enough, that they're vague enough that you don't necessarily know which way to go. So Basila learns it that you can't, uh, that you can build it. It's almost learning opposite things, right? Beishamah is learning, don't touch it, all Yantiv. Basila says you can build it any time during Yantiv. Say pasuk to limudim. Fine. Says the Gemara. Uvei shamai svir lo karabeli yezer. The Amar enos in sukkah becholoshel moed. Right. And beit shamai. Why do they not hold like Basil? Because they hold it's not true. <laughs> it's like a retrofit. You know that you can't use the sukkah. On, you can't build rather the sukkah on cholamoed, which is a fascinating shita. And so because of that. The Gemara is going to explain that shita on Chavzayin. We're going to have the limud from the pasuk, right? That you can't uh, that that um, the famous idea that in order for sukkah to be kosher, this is going to be this is what we pointed out at the siyum that in order for sukkah to be kosher, it has to be for kol shiva, right? That it has to be relevant for all seven days. Certainly, that would mean that you can't build one on Cholamoid, right? The, the Mishnah over there is going to say that you can't build a sukkah on top on top of a tree which is interesting because we're about to learn about a sukkah under a tree. But you can't build it not only un- is under a tree a problem, on top of a tree is also a problem. Because on top of a tree means you can't climb the tree on Shabbos and you can't use it on Shabbos and therefore it's not valid for Kol Shiva and therefore it's not valid at all, right? So certainly if you hold that, it's, that being on top of a tree not being valid for, uh, right, for Shabbos makes it possible, certainly you can't build on Cholomoyed. So we'll get to that when we get to that. That's called Shita Sarbeliezer. If Bechami holds that, that's what he holds in the Pasuk. Fine. Now, now the Gemara... I don't know why it took the Gemara this long, but now the Gemara is going to ask Barry's question. Let's go with Beis Hillel, right? Let's say, right, that Beis Hillel holds, like we said by the Sukkot Ganbach, let's say, you know, along the lines of, you could find a hut, you got an Airbnb, happens to follow all the parameters halachically of a Sukkah, and you say, oh, this is going to be our Sukkah, even though it's up all year long like this, we could use this for Sukkahs. Where... Where does Beit Shammai get the idea? Where does Beit Shammai rather get the idea that you could do that? Don't we know that mitzvahs could be a need to be done? L'shem mitzvah, like for mitzvah tzitzis. Let's see. Uveis Hillel leislu l'Rav Yehuda Amarav. Does Beit Hillel not hold like what Rav Yehuda Amarav said by tzitzis? Ask the Gemara. The Amar Rav Yehuda Amarav asah min hakaitzin min aminin min agradim. What a kaitzin min agradim. Okay, Andrew, I'm going to have to explain to you embroidery. Okay. When a person does embroidery and they make a cloth, a whoop and a wharf and all that, I'll leave it like this. Do you know why the cyclists in the Tour de France, and, uh, it's a family coincidence, wear a one-piece? They wear a one-piece uh, suit because of aerodynamics. Because anything where you have more than two pieces, you have stitching, extra stitching, and thus less air, uh, more air resistance, less aerodynamic. Anyway, so you're making these 
begadim, and you have thorn-like threads or embroidery threads or fringes. These are basically stuff that sticks out in the process of making begadim, right? You want to make one clean baguette, but sure enough, you have these fringes sticking out, right, as part of the process of making the baguette, right? So when you have those fringes sticking out, guess what it looks like? A talus, right? Forget about the fact that it's supposed to have eight strings and you're supposed to have the three and the five and the, and the 11 and the 13, or the five and the eight and 11 and 13 and all of those. Let's say that that's all Kabbalistic stuff. At the end of the day, forget also the fact that really you're supposed to take a thread and attach it to a baguette. It's not really supposed to be coming out of the baguette like, like actual threads, uh, right, strewn about. But let's put that aside, right? It's not going to be a halachic uh, tzitzis discussion. It's not parakat chelis yet. Um, but we're going to be talking about just a baguette that was supposed to be a big old shawl. And sure enough, it has fringes as part of the processing, right? You didn't get it exactly tight and you have fringes and it looks exactly like a talus, okay? That's what this is talking about. So you tried to make a shawl and sure enough, you made a beautiful looking talus. Can you use such a talus, right? Assuming that the fringes that the tzitzis, as it were, came out like more or less halachic. Would you be able to use this as a talus? That's what this case is. So, says Rabbi Yudamarav, Sula. If you did it, if, if the tzitzis were what we'll call incidental tzitzis, if these, right, fringes were incidental tzitzis, it's possible. Min hasisin kshera. But if you made it from balls of weaving thread, then that's kosher, which is to say, right, if you did it intentionally, right, and, and um, Hashem mitzvah, then it certainly would be kosher, obviously. Okay. So there's, there's some there's some chiddush there too because minasisin because maybe the thread itself wasn't made the shame mitzvah sitzis. That's fine, right? Because at every process there are stages. So okay, the thread wasn't made the shame mitzvah, but at least once you had the thread, you threaded it the shame mitzvah um, in the beged, and that is certainly kosher. But incidental sitzis. Uh, entirely are not going to be kosher. So that, you could see, like Barry said, that tzitzas have to be made, at least attached, the fringes have to be attached to the baguette, lishma. And Rabbi Yudah continues to say, Kimrisa Kameda Shmuel Amarli, what's going on? So we see here, Rabbi Yudah Amarav and Kimrisa Kameda Shmuel. Rashi gives you the history. The history is as follows. Rabbi Yudah was a very prized Talmud of Rav. And then Rav passed away, and Shmuel took over as Rosh Hashiva. And so when that happened, Shmuel would always say, what did Rav used to say about this? So we have thousands of references all over Shas, uh, according to Rabbi Leibowitz, I think, according to somebody, that Rabbi Huda is quoting Rav, and then Rabbi Huda says the same part in front of Shmuel, and Shmuel modifies it, uh, comments on it. Okay, so this is beautiful. It's exactly what's happening here. So Rabbi Huda said the comment about Rav, that the incidental tzitzis and is our apostle, the Sisan or Ksherak, Yamritsa Kameda Shmuel, Amrli, and Rabbi Huda tells the story that afterwards, Right? When I went to, when Shmuel became the Rosh Hashiva, he said, He said that even the Sisin are Pasol, because the Tviya, right, the actual spinning of the thread has to also be Lishma in the making of Tzitzis. But be that as it may, certainly incidental Tzitzis doesn't work, has to be Lishma. So whether it's Shmuel who says it has to be from the spinning stage, or Rav is going to say that once you have the thread, it's going to have to be from that stage, both of them hold that the Tzitzis have to be made Lishma. So we have an issue, says the Gemara. Hachanami nibai sukasu Lishma. It took so long for them to basically say what Barry asked very simply. Tzitzis have to be lishma. Why does sukkah not have to be lishma according to Beis Hillel? 
So Gemara answers, shiny, hasam, dalmakraga, dilim, tasa, lach. Are you satisfied, Barry? There's a pasuk by Tzitzis, Xeris Akasav, Gedilim Tasalach, Lach, Lashem Chavcha. The Lach in Gedilim Tasalach implies Lashem Mitzvah. Really? Gemara asks, um, let's say that were true. Hachanami, Chaga Sukkas Tasalacha. Even if that was true, we have the same verbiage by Sukkah. So what's good for the, for the Tzitzis is good for the Sukkah. Says the Gemara, Lacha Lashem Chavcha. In, in Chagasukas Tasalacha. The Gemara says, no, 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 no. The Chagasukas Tasalacha is teaching you something else. That is needed to teach you that you cannot steal someone's sukkah and be yotze from that. You cannot steal somebody's sukkah and be yotze for that. So, Andrew, I see it in your eyes. You're planning on stealing Barry's sukkah. Forget about it. It's not going to help you because you're going to, you're going to not be yotze. Oh, uh, okay. So Hasam Nami Ute, by the way, so this is where Yitzi T Yitz asks, what do you mean? Why do you need a Pasuk to teach you Sukkah Gazula? So after all, don't we know that it ain't a mitzvah Avera? Oh, we're gonna see that in the third paragraph, Lulav Hagazel. We're gonna say it's certainly a Lulav Hagazel, as the name suggests, that that's not gonna be good. Um, because you have to, it says Lacha there. Um, so Tosva says, why do you need an extra Pasuk? Well, like we said over here, right, by the, uh, uh, the muktzah in the sukkah. That's one way of going. But we're going to lean back on the Me'iri, right? We're going to lean back on the Me'iri and say that, no, that a lulav and a sukkah are two different things. That a lulav, a guzzle, you're doing it with a chafzah shel mitzvah, and you're re- literally as you're stealing it. Whereas a sukkah gazula, it's not as pashut. Is that a mitzvah that's directly bab avera? Unclear, right? You'd have, you'd have to finesse the lumdus there. Right? What is the mitzvah? Sitting in the sukkah. Uh-huh. So it's like the sukkah is a machshir there, but is it necessarily the actual chefza shel mitzvah? That's where the Me'iri plays in. Very, very fascinating uh, lambdas over there. But be that as it may, uh, the Gemara at this point says that that's where the mebaye is l'me'ute gezula. So hasam nami mebaye l'me'ute gezula. So here too, by tzitzis the Gemara asks, maybe when it says g'dilim tasalacha, it just means you can't, that Barry can't st- uh, steal uh, Andrew's tzitzis, and now you guys are really getting petty. You know, it gets to the point where um, you guys have lost your way. Um, I'm going to have to separate you two. Okay, hasam k'siv karachina. No, so the Gemara says no. For that, with regards to tzitzis, we have a different pasuk to teach you that Barry can't steal Andrew's tzitzis and be yotze because it says v'asulahem mishelahem. Okay, that v'asulahem tzitzis. Remember, we say this every day, by the way, more than once. In Kriyashma, Vasulahem Sitzis. It has to be Mishelahem. It means that it has to be your own Sitzis. So now we turn to Testament Bays and we have a new Mishnah. And at Testament Bays, at 601, I wanted to get there by 6. Okay. A whole new Sugya. Any, uh, do you have any unresolved fringes, Barry, over here? Uh, from this Sugya? That last Sugya, it's a lot of, a lot of beautiful E in there. But the bottom line is, just to wrap that up, to wind it up, as it were, the tzitzis has extra psukim that teach you that, that it can't be guzzle, and therefore the, the tasalacha of tzitzis teaches you specifically by tzitzis that it has to be the shei mitzvah, and the base hillel is going to say that the tasalacha is going to teach you specifically the gazula by sukkah, but not the fact that the sukkah has to be lishma. And so we conclude that base hillel holds that the sukkah does not have to, in fact, be built lishma, and you can use a hut. Uh, a pre-existing hut for sukkahs. 
What do we hold like? Not for now. We're going to have to ask Rabbi Rose. Um, but most people uh, don't have the problem of building a sukkah too early, except for probably Andrew. <laughs> Anyone, everybody other than Andrew uh, build, uh, is, is within 30 days. Uh, sometimes they wait till after, some people wait till after Yom Kippur. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Tes Amun Beis. As advertised, you make a sukkah under a tree. It's as if you built it in the house. Well, that's kind of dramatic. Just say it's puzzle. Let's see. The Gemara will address that. Sukkah Gabe Sukkah. Here we go. They're all there. All these kinds of sukkahs. You go on a big teal and you see them. Sukkah built the top. Sukkah Hayonak Sher Vatachtona Psula. Well, that kind of makes sense, right? The top one is going to be kosher, the bottom one is going to be puzzle. We'll see in the Gemara what exactly the case is in terms of the amount of schach. Rabbi Yudah points out, right, it's, um, that if nobody's living, it's unclear. Is he being cholek? Or maybe he's just explaining, he's modifying. If the top sukkah, right, if it's really not a duplex, the top sukkah is just like, um, doesn't have any resonance whatsoever, so then it's really just a two-level schach of the bottom sukkah, and that would be good, then it's tachton The Gemara will analyze these cases, uh, as you can imagine. So the Gemara says, I'm a rava. Here we go. This is where we get into real lumdus with schach. So again, we said that if it's under the ilan, under the tree, it's going to be possible. Okay? Says, says Rava, the qualification, that if, in fact, right, um, the ilan has such canopy coverage that it totally covers the sukkah, that certainly would be like being in, in the house. But that doesn't mean that if you're under a, a tree with very, very sparse leaves and you have a kosher sukkah, that what, just because you're under a tree, that means that it's puzzle? No, obviously, says Rava, it's a function of how much uh, non-kosher canopy tree coverage you have obstructing, right, the schach. Now, why is it obstruction? Why isn't it kosher? Because, as Rashi is going to point out, as we already know, and we'll learn at great length, the schach has to be detached. Okay, schach, in order to be, we're going to get into the anatomy of schach. But one of the halachas by schach is that it can't be attached to the ground. So the problem with the leaf canopy coverage is that it's attached to the ground. So right now you have a tree and the leaves are attached to the ground. That's basically what we're calling puzzle schach. Well, if it's entirely covered by puzzle schach, it's a problem. But if you only have a little bit of puzzle schach, that's okay. So you can, it's not under the tree per se, as the Mishnah might suggest. It's just under the leaves canopy of the puzzle schach, which is uh, represented by the, right, which is what the, the tree canopy is. That's what Rav is pointing out. It's not a tree thing, it's a leaf coverage thing of puzzle schach. How do we know that? I can understand that from that hemshech, that dramatic hemshech of the mission when it says it's like you did it in the house. Why, why the drama of pointing this out? Right? So he's explaining exactly what we said. Just say, if you put it under a tree, it's puzzle. No, 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 no. The fact that it said, like, it's as if you did it under a house, it is teaching you, that again, it's not a din in just putting a sukkah under a tree. It has to be a, an under a tree that's similar to a house in the sense that it has real full coverage like a house does. If you put a sukkah under that, then it's going to be puzzle. The Gemara asks, however, How 
Wait a minute. Is that true, Rubba? Are you 100% sure that if just the sunlight, if there's just more sunlight than sail, right, that it would still be kosher? Again, now we're going to get the technical. Rava said that as long as, right, Rava's suggestion was that you could put a sukkah under a tree as long as there is more sunlight than shade coming from the le- through the canopy of the tree, right? But the kasha here is very interesting. Wait a minute. We're saying that what? That the canopy of the tree is schach pasal. So let's take an example. You had a beautiful sukkah, Andrew, and your sukkah was 60% kosher schach coverage. So you had more shade than sun. That's great. All of a sudden, on top of it, is a tree with 40% right coverage of the sun, but it's right on top of your schach, which means that your 60% is covered like largely, right? Most of the 60% is going to get puzzled from the tree atop ahead. All of a sudden, right, you're going to now negate Whatever kosher schach you had that's under the tree, if you negate that, you're up to like 20% coverage of kosher schach, right, blocking shade. So the tree on top has to be factored in, right? You have to say, well, wait a minute, that part of the sukkah that's under the tree can't be factored in as kosher schach. And therefore, the, even if, in other words, we could, uh, imagine plenty of scenarios where even though the leaves only cover less than half of the sukkah, they, do enough damage to puzzle your kosher schach to make your sukkah puzzle. That's the question of the Gemara. So it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. In other words, is it really true that unequivocally you're going to say that the, that the, if the leaves cover less than half of the, of the sun, that of, if the leaves of the tree cover less than half of the sun, that your sukkah is going to be kosher? How come it starts schach puzzle, but how is schach kosher? That's exactly what this Gemara means, right? That you're going to have to account for the schach puzzle that the tree represents and it's going to passel the schach kosher that you have underneath, and it could very well diminish the amount of kosher schach that you have to the point where it makes your sukkah passel. So the Gemara is going to have a fascinating answer. Amar of Papa b'shechavaton. There's a lot of hak over here. What does chavaton mean? We're going to have to go with Rashi. It's the simplest way to understand this Gemara. Chavaton meaning you lower the tree branches and you mix it with your kosher schach. That's the case in the Gemara. The case that the mission is referring to, where, and the case that Rava really is referring to is, when is it going to be kosher? If you mix, right? So then by definition, it's going to be okay. Cause watch this. By definition, your sukkah, in order to be kosher, had to have, uh, right, more shade than sun. Okay. And by definition, for the tree, as Rava explains on top, to be kosher, right, to not possibly your sukkah, it's going to have to be more sun than shade. So by definition, when you lower the schach puzzle, which is really the vines of the tree, and mix it with ischach kasher, by definition, you're going to have more kasher schach than pasal schach. Rashi again brings the idea of bittel, the bittel berov. Your kasher schach is going to nullify the pasal schach. Boom. That's how this is going to work. That's how Rav Papa reconciles Rava, and he says that's what Rava means, right? So Gemara asks, wait a minute, if the way you explained it is so compelling now, that it's like a pshita. What are you teaching us? Of course, everybody wrote, everybody knows that a bittel right works barov, and therefore, when you bring the tree branches down, you can mix it together and it should work. So the Gemara answers, yeah, that's true that everybody knows that it would work, but it could send the wrong message. 
As the Gemara says, Mao the Tema Nigzar Hecha the Chavatan Atu Hecha the Lachavatan Kamash Malan the Logaz Rinan. In other words, the Chiddush of Rava is that you might have thought that yes, of course, if you have less tree branches and, and leaves than Schach, then yes, it would be Batal Barov if you mixed it together to form you know one one big thing. But it's you're playing with fire. This is a bad practice. We're not. It's a bad practice to get people in the habit of mixing in their tree right, canopy with their schach. Because remember, it only works if your schach is kosher without the tree canopy, right? So you can see how easily this could be uh, a slippery slope where people think, oh, if you could use, if, if it's not possible to, to drape over some of the overhanging tree, then I'll just use that as some of my schach to make it, right, shade more than sun. That's, that's, that's possible, right? In other words, this whole thing of Rava only works if you already have a kosher sukkah with enough schach to make a kosher and to be mevatel these trees. So it's a, definitely a slippery slope, a terrible idea, you might have thought, to allow you to use the tree altogether, albeit mixed in with the schach, kamash malan, The Mishnah is therefore telling us by saying, and that, right, um, that it's in fact mutter to do so, even though you might have thought they'd be a gazera. So it's not so pushed after all to allow you, and we do allow you. Wow. Is that true that we allow you? Well, uh, yes, it is. The issue the Gemara is going to bring up now is not the problem with the halacha, but rather that we thought we already learned this halacha that it's, a, that it's allowed. As follows. Hanami tanina. That, so we just said that we thought it was pushed because of a svara of bitel berov that this would be mutter to do. Now we're saying not only is it Pashat Mifam Asvara, but we even have a source for that. There's a Mishnah in Daf Yudalif, we'll get to Bezrat Hashem, that says the following. Hidla Alea Sagefen Vetalas Kisos. Sounds a lot like our case. Albeit perhaps it's not whatever, a, uh, a fig tree or the, or a, um, the kind of, right, palm trees that um, Andrew is always imagining in his mind. But if you have ivy or grapevine or these kinds of things, Right, that grow that typically one uses as um, as as coverage, and you want to lift that onto your sukkah of a sikech al gaban and then cover them. Puzzle. So the Mishnah says in Yudalif that you cannot right put schach on top of those right kinds of vegetation while they're still attached to the ground. However, says the Mishnah beferish that if the kosher schach was more than the gourd and the vines, then, or of course, if you cut the gourd and the vines, which we'll have to discuss then what the Chiddush is there, then the sukkah is kosher, which is to say that this concept of the gourds and the vines that are still attached to the ground being right overwhelmed by a rove of kosher schach is already codified in the Mishnah and therefore is not a Chiddush at all, right? Because we already learned that that would be okay and there is implied in that Mishnah that there is no gazera of draping these already, right, these already attached um, vegetation to the sukkah and using it as a sukkah. Okay, so the Gemara is going to say, so hey, chidami. So it says, well, let's see. Can we reconcile this uh, chiddish of Rava with that Mishnah in Yudalif? Let's see. If you're going to say that the case, the Mishnah in Yudalif, the chiddish there is that you did not bring the schach uh, the uh, vines down into the schach and they're just kind of hanging in the air above it. So how come it starts schach and schach kasher? So the very question we asked before is the question we're going to ask now. Then you're going to have to say that, wait, 
Is that really going to be kosher? That's impossible. It's going to passel up your kosher schach. That can't be. Ela lav, shechavatan. It has to be, right? That it's a case where, our case, like the suggestion of Rav, of Rav Papa, that the vines were brought down with the schach and that they were mixed together. Ushmami na, the logazrinon. And so we see a, 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 a raya, an explicit, right, raya, uh, proof in the Mishnah Yudalef that in fact, even though we brought the vines down, to the level of the schach and mix them together, there it's okay. In other words, once we did so, even though they're still attached to the tree, there is no gezera, and you can rely on this bittel with the kosher schach, and therefore we already have learnt this. So that would be weird for our Mishnah to teach it redundantly, right? To teach it again. So says the Gemara. Here's the answer. Unbelievable. You have to look at the verbiage. You have to look at the at the language. The language, right, of the Mishnah in Yudalif, right, and, and they point this out. I think Tosas points this out also. The difference between Hidla and Hadola, this is Rashi rather, I'm sorry. Hidla versus Hadola, right? In other words, right, that as follows. Some, the language, whether you read it Hidla or Hadola, is very significant. One implies if you already did it, it's kosher. Right? So that's the language of the Mishnah. The Mishnah sounds like, right, what does the Mishnah say in Yudalif, Andrew? It says, it says that, that um, uh, Hidla, Alea, Segefen, Vesadlas, Vesakisos. Hidla. What does Hidla mean? You already did it. And then you go to ask Rabbi Rose if it's okay. So Bediavid, he's going to tell you that it's okay. Well, of course Bediavid is going to tell you it's okay because Bittel Barov and all that. The question is, Hadola, can you do it? Lechatchila. Aha, so to do it lechatchila, for that you need our Mishnah. You need the extra Mishnah to teach you, right, that you can in fact do so even lechatchila, which is to say, even lechatchila, we don't have this concern of a gezeira of using a tree, lest you go down the slippery slope and actually use a tree as part of your actual kosher schach, which of course you cannot do. You need to have the bittel barov. It's interesting. Why can't, if you have a bittel barov, what would be the case? We're not... What's being barov? Okay. The tree stuff is yeah, so... You're start, I'm sorry, you're he, starting with a sukkah. Yeah. The sukkah has, you've put on your own schach. Yeah. I, when they say kosher schach, it means there's more shade than sun. Correct. It doesn't mean that the material you've used, we'll get to that later, that the, whatever you used, however, is fine. If a kosher sukkah okay. means the schach is kosher, it's right. more shade than sun. Dumb. Right. You now decide you'd like to fortify your schach right. and keep the keep it kosher still. Right. There's still some sun coming. Right. So you start weaving in either grapevine right. or tree leaves. Yeah. It was already kosher to start with. Right. You don't make it unkosher by putting it in because you have the, like, the complete ceiling. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now you snip all those branches. You're still good to go. Right. So where's the problem? So Andrew's saying, where's the problem? We, so first of all, a couple of things. You hit on nuclear lumbus, right? And I'm not, I'm not sure that I can tell you the answer right now. You yourself just said, how, what do we mean by kosher schach? Do we mean that the sukkah was kosher already because there was already chamasa, right, tzalasa meruba mechamasa? Or do we mean that the material was kosher in the sense that it fit, fit all the criteria and it was already um, chopped up? So embedded in your question is, what would be the case if you had 40%, let's say, of the schach ceiling, was cut, of, of the sukkah ceiling was covered with uh, proper material kosher schach, and the other... 20%, right? In other words, to make up a total of 60% was from the trees. Would that be the bittel? Right? Because you have double as much kosher schach as you do have the tree coverage. 
Right. So do you have to start with a fully covered kosher sukkah, or do you just have to start with a robe of kosher schach? That, is that, which is the lechatchila? That's a, I think that that's not only a valid question, I think that, that question is, 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 is uh, much ink was spilled on much parchment in assessment of that question. I'm going to get back to you, Bezrat Hashem, on a definitive answer in that question. The way we were reading it is, and this is why you presented the question as such, was that kosher schach was assuming a fully kosher sukkah, not only kosher schach material, but but a uh, situation where you had, right, this is the Pasha way of reading it, is that the situation where you had more shade than sun, even without the, the tree, right? You have to have a kosher sukkah, tachas ilan, the tree is not going to passel it. But Andrew's asking an unbelievable question. He's saying, what if you had the ilan, once you're using the bitl barov, let's take it to the next step and say, well, let's be mevatel barov. And to, in order to create a tzilasa meruba mechamasa. Right? In the first place. Wow. Well, that's an interesting question. Is, and it's because of people like you, Andrew, that we, made the, we, we thought we needed to make the Gezerra. Because now you're trying, starting to use your tree while it's still attached to make the kosher sukkah. Bezrat Hashem, I'll get back to you on whether you're allowed to do that. The construction guys are coming today. Oh, the construction guy's coming today. Right. His is already built, so he's not even asking. It's academic for him. Okay, let's see. We have six minutes, and we're 16 lines up from the bottom. Two dots. We could do this, right? You've seen me do cover more ground in less time. All right. But not really well, just cover it. So let's see. Sukkah gabi sukkah. Oh, this is what gets interesting. We have cases now. Here we go. So you have the duplex sukkah. What's going on? Tanar banan. It says, Basukas teshvu. Velo basukas tachas sukkah. Really? That's the Doraisa? It says, Basukas teshvu. The Gemara is going to ask. It's Basukas teshvu, says the Gemara. It implies you should dwell in a sukkah. Not in a sukkah under a sukkah. Not in a sukkah under a tree. Obviously not a sukkah inside your house. And so therefore what? Basukah's Teshu is a biblical source, right? That you're not allowed to, to sit in a sukkah under a sukkah. The Gemara is going to ask, <laughs> Basukah's actually is plural, everybody. And maybe, maybe what you're supposed to learn is that you dafka have to sit in a duplex. That you're not yose unless it's a duplex. <laughs> What does it mean that, what is it, why is it saying that? It says the Gemara, tarti mashma. Sounds like you dafka do have to sit in a duplex or some sort of double sukkah. The valedictorian of Sochem says, It's written without a vav. In order to teach you that the sukkah has to be a standalone singular sukkah, it's fascinating too, right, that here we have a separate idea of tachasa ilan and tochabait, um, very much referenced in our very Mishnah, right? We got granular in terms of the, the coverage, right? But, you know, this, if you only learned this passage, you might have thought that there is a din in being under a tree altogether, even if the tree didn't have leaves. That Argomar is teaching us explicitly that's not the case, right? But be that as it may, but sukkah's teishru, which is to say, you shouldn't have a sukkah tachas ha sukkah, but that just means two kosher sukkahs duplex. You're not really supposed to have Right, a fully kosher sukkah on the bottom floor, and a fully kosher sukkah with people eating it and, and, and celebrating sukkahs, immediately using the schach of the bottom sukkah as a floor, and then their own schach on top. But we'll see there, in fact, scenarios where it's okay as follows. The Gemara says, "Here's the four possible situations." Pamim there are in fact times where both the top and the bottom sukkah are going to be valid. 
Pamim shesteim psulos, time where they're both going to be not kosher. Pamim shetachtona ksheira, yon psula. Pamim shetachtona psula, yon ksheira. Every possibility you can imagine can be, in fact, played out lahalacha as follows. Let's go through each case. Pamim shesteim ksheira sechidami. How are both sukkahs going to be kosher? Kigon shetachtona chamasu meruba mitzilasa. Well, the bottom sukkah, the sunlight is going to be greater than the shade. Val yonat tzilasa meruba mechamasa. But the top one is what we'll call a kosher sukkah. And the schach of the upper sukkah is within 20 amas of the ground. So again, the bottom sukkah is like a regular good sukkah with a loft, right? The schach that's actually kosher is really the schach of the top sukkah. And therefore, all the sparse schach in the middle is just like a loft. And therefore, that's going to be okay. And the top sukkah is certainly okay because when you're hanging out over there, you got, assuming you have uh, the requisite height, you're going to be good because the schach of the top sukkah is kosher. How are you going to have pamim shesteim psulas? How are they both going to be bad? Kagon to tarvayat sulas and that's the easiest of them all. Both of them have more sunlight than shade. And therefore, you never have enough schach and so everything's puzzle. And just in case you think that if you add up the schach of the, of the upper one with the schach of the lower one, then the lower one will in fact be kosher, then no, we're doing it to puzzle by creating that uh, scenario where the upper one, schach, falls out more than 20 amas above the ground, and therefore that's not even usable for the lower sukkah, and thus both the upper and the lower sukkah would not be usable. Okay, so, fine. So, pamim now the hybrid ones. That's an interesting one. How is the lo- bottom one going to be kosher and the top one possible? Bottom one is what we call a kosher sukkah, right? More shade than sun. And the top one barely has any schach. And therefore, obviously, the top one is going to be, right, possible. And, and just to be sure and safe, even the top one with the sparse, right, schach is going to be beneath 20 amas. We're on Yod Amadalf already, by the way. And therefore, it's not, it's not high enough to passel the kosher schach below, and therefore it's good. Finally, how is the top one going to be kosher and the bottom one passel? Both of them have uh, enough shade, right? But the top one is within 20 ama. Here, Rashi says, not of the floor, right? Um, of the, right? Of the, of the, actual floor, but of the roof of the lower sukkah, and therefore, the yonah is kosher, but tachtonah psula, right, because it's going to be too high. It's going to be puzzling the ischach below. The Gemara is going to ask, this is all just too easy. Why are these any chidushim? To be continued, have a good Shabbos tomorrow.